United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Cult of Corporation, a spinoff from Paul and Andrea of the United States of Lead, where we dive into the cult-like mentality of corporate America. This week, we're going to be taking a look at the U.S. strategy on countering corruption, which I can't remember how I even got to this. I was researching last night, and I think I might have just even put in corruption in corporate America in Google. <laughs> this popped up. <laughs> This feels appropriately rabbit hole-ish. Like this is like you could have started, you know, looking at corruption in the Vatican and ended up at a, <laughs> yeah. at a site like this. That seems legit. Yeah. But I figure since, you know, that's what we're talking about is corporate America corruption. I was like, okay, well, let's see, because this is from June 3rd, 2021. It starts out with a quote from President Biden saying, oh, and quick side note, if I sound a little nasally... <laughs> It's because I have so much mucus inside my head, I don't even know how it's possible. But corruption threatens United States national security, economic equity, global anti-poverty and development efforts, and democracy itself. But by effectively preventing and countering corruption and demonstrating the advantages of transparent and accountable governance, we can secure a critical advantage for the United States and other democracies, end quote. The one thing I noticed, too, with all this is they make it seem like this is like a new thing that's happened. I am getting that vibe. Like, I'm also thinking, like, uh, so does Monopoly Capital. This is not new. This is just. Yeah, there was this really good quote on capitalism. And somebody said the only way for capitalism to work is with morality and ethics. And if you don't have those, it doesn't work. Oh, I would disagree. I would say it's immoral and unethical to maintain a capitalist system. You would have to use it for a period of expansion and then knowingly, it'd be like growing a business and saying, no, no raises, no, like a cap, no we're yeah. going to work, we're going to work nights and weekends and we're going to get it to this point and then we can really enjoy ourselves. But yeah which we're, we're certainly at. But the reality is the only way capitalism would work is if we had infinite access to infinite resources. Yeah. But I mean, but that's kind of what they're saying, though, is like, okay, so if the CEOs, instead of making 980% more than their 
employees made only 200% more than their employees. And then that would all trickle down, <laughs> as they like to say. Or maybe they don't make more than their employees. <laughs> that too, but I'm just saying, if we're going to keep a capitalist structure of that, <laughs> there is ways to have that morality and, I don't know, pay your taxes like everybody else. And that growth can continue, but that growth would continue for everybody, not just the people at the top. I see what you're saying, because even in this quote, it's like, corruption threatens the United States. So it threatens national security, economic equity, global anti-poverty, and development efforts, and democracy itself. And there comes a point when it's more profitable to do the right thing. Lever <laughs> leverage national security. It's more profitable to wipe away economic equity. It's certainly driven by poverty, by the growth of poverty. It's like, oh, well, capitalism is, it has a potential to halt our anti-poverty effort. Capitalism is an anti-poverty effort in its, I'm sorry, it is a poverty effort. It is a poverty Yeah, effort. not anti, not a, but is. <laughs> oh, it, like, like when did, when was that, that, that was not a thing. That's just a thing recently. So. Yeah, this idea that none of this existed before now, which that's, and human society since we've always been working on global anti-poverty <laughs> efforts and development efforts uh and really worried about democracy itself it's like no i'm just saying as far as corruption and mm -hmm. the divide of the poor and the wealthy it's always been there it's just a different hat every time but all right so they go on to say quote corruption is a cancer within the body of societies a disease that eats at public trust and the ability of governments to deliver for their citizens, end quote, which yes, but uh, again, this has been always been there. So like, it just is, it seems like, I mean, yes, it's definitely coming at a very dramatic climax. I think more so just because of the age we're in, it's being exposed more from a person to person versus just like the media telling you what corruption it is. Like people are visibly seeing it on video and it's just again wearing a different hat if you yeah will. if there was no legal corruption under our current system there would still be these things that's a part of our system we need poor people to do shitty jobs we need yeah. poor people to do poor people jobs we need people doing shitty jobs getting paid well that's what we really need so uh, for instance and this is i don't even want to say that this is a shitty job but my mom said, for example, with the post office, when she was just getting out of school, or no, not just getting out of school. Mm -hmm. Well, in the 80s, in the 80s, the post office had this huge test to like, see if you could become a postal carrier. And she said it was like this huge convention center and everybody was mm -hmm. there because the post office was the job you wanted because mm -hmm. of the benefits and the pension and this and that. And she said, and look now, you can't even get somebody to do it because you're getting paid $16 an hour. And she's like, these jobs that are so important, whether or not you value them because they're cool or not, but like if they're part of the functioning of society, they need to be paid well and they deserve to be paid well. That's the most important thing. Or another way of looking at this would be not necessarily getting paid more, but having material assurances. Like I don't need lots of money. What I really, really need is to know I without thinking insurance. that I have that I have access to healthcare, not health insurance. That I have yeah. That I have access to food. That I have guaranteed housing. I don't need to worry about these things going away. That's what I really need is not more cash. The most frustrating thing, like I think of like the real workers trying to get those paid sick days. So scary. And how they make this to be this 
huge ask because they can't afford to take off either, you know? So it's disgusting because it's like, there's enough money to do all this, but that money is being hoarded by certain people. And if you're not valuing the people who are actually building this, so it's not Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos who are making this country run, shifting that perspective of we need to really identify what do we value. And again, so like, this is important to see because like this corruption and this message they're saying, it isn't like, what do we value? The corruption has shown us that we don't value what we really should be valuing. And we our value society. corruption. Yeah. We've like been that. fueling corruption. We've been yeah. investing in corruption. Yeah. And so actually, so let's go a little bit further here too, because um, they go on to say the impacts of corruption impact nearly all aspects of society. It exasperates social, political, and economic inequality and polarization, high, impedes the ability of states to respond to public health crisis or to deliver quality education. It degrades the business environment and economic opportunity, drives conflict, and undermines faith in government. Those that abuse positions of power for private gain steal not just material wealth, but human dignity and welfare, end quote. So that's pretty poignant, with especially with this rail thing, because this came out in June 2021. And it is, it is really stealing the human dignity and welfare of people. Just the selfishness. I don't even know what else to call it. I mean, the corruption is just pure selfishness. And like you said, some people just like to watch things burn. And so a lot of it is just on people just sitting back and watching it because it's a show to them. The idea of not being able to value people in our society. So the people who are upset on a certain side of things, like we were talking about earlier with the Rupert Murdoch cartoon and the construction worker looking at the person of color in their empty plate and Rupert Murdoch going, that guy's trying to steal your cookie, mate, and not looking at the person hoarding the plate of cookies. It's like our logo with the hmm. guy with the, you know, the puppet, the puppeteer and the guy saluting. It's like you're they don't even understand that they are a pawn for other people. The polarization, the inability to respond to public health crisis and have a quality education, degrading business environment. I mean, come on with the monopolies that there are. How can a small business compete with Amazon? We can identify these things, but to actually change them is a whole nother story. I think all of this is just toxic. I think this is gaslighting. You know, to say like, oh, this is hurting our ability to respond to public health crisis. Well, so is spending untold billions on wars that we don't, will never fight and wars that we have no need to fight. It is corruption, but it's also just the system. It's If we really believed in this, there have been some supermajorities in the past. We would have some form of this. The conversation around like healthcare, mm-hmm. the conversation around abortion would mm-hmm. have been, and we're seeing, it's gotten to the point where there's one side that's saying, we are in control of your body, just put up with it. And, and they somehow it. surprisingly didn't realize that people were like, no, thank you. But then I there's another surprise people were that women weren't like, yeah, that's OK. <laughs> there's another side of the political aisle that said we kind of want it. Well, really, what they're saying is they wanted to use this because they didn't actually want to do real work and co- yeah. create real change. They just wanted to have this hanging over us. Mm-hmm. But they could have changed it. If this was really a big deal to people in power, it would have been changed. This is the system. 
here's the other thing too is so people are up in arms about cinema changing to an independent yeah and like about like the democrats having the majority and it's like it doesn't matter whether or not she identified as a democrat how she voted is how she voted so you do know right. it's like her affiliation and anybody's affiliation and it's like so that's something that needs to be this idea that like because you're in this party you vote this way it's like that's not how it works. So just because she had a D next to her, she didn't vote for anything that the Democrats were voting for, except for like two things. Also, people need to be highlighting, okay, what is this bringing to our attention? A, how are you even allowed to change parties in the middle of your term? Sure. How is that even possible? Now that she's done this, mm-hmm. what should be passed is that you can't do that. Why is that even allowed? You shouldn't be able to do it until you're running next. I don't even understand why that's possible until you're up for election again, then you can change your party. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think it's crazy that they're not combating her specifically and and this sort of... Well, here's uh, the other thing. Did you see the administration's comments on it? I saw Schumer's comments on it. Oh, well, the press secretary came out with a statement and it's okay. like over the top praising her and encouraging her on her change. Yeah, they're over a barrel. Somebody told me once, if you give a speech, you do something in public, and someone comes up to you and says, great job, I really uh, got a lot of what you did. That's really high praise. When somebody says, that was the most important thing I've (laughs) ever heard. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Then it's like, uh, uh, no. uh, I can totally see them. Oh, it's so important that Senator Simmons are all of this. Oh, we really admire that shoot. So I see it as they're setting up to do something because as long as they praise her first, mm-hmm. they couldn't bash her before they decide to make her an ambassador to some random country. Because I was just like, man, this is too praise. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, she's yeah. really screwed you guys over. Like, that's too much. So that's where I feel like it's Grandpa Joe energy. But yeah, so because that's something that's been a rumor that people said that he's just going to appoint her as an ambassador to some country, because apparently that's as a sitting senator. Do. Apparently that's something you can do. OK, that's been the talk like on that Mueller she wrote and other people's feeds. They've been talking about the fact of like you could well, he can make her an ambassador and get her out. I don't know if that's something she has to agree to first, but they said basically if the if the money incentive is good enough, they'll just put her in a cush position just to get her out of there. And she probably knows why didn't they too. do that before? That has been my position with what's that, that awful little hedgehog? Uh, what's his name? He lives on a boat. Him and he lives cinema. on a boat. Yeah, mansion? he lives on a yacht. Mansion. Does he seriously live on a yacht? He lives on a yacht. Why didn't the Democratic establishment just say how much does it cost? How much are they paying you? We'll Maybe meet, that's what they're learning now. We'll meet it by fifteen percent. <laughs> we'll raise the money, whatever it is. Just stop doing this. What's the yeah. cost? Well, because they're clearly being paid. They're clearly. Anyway. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like she doesn't go from what was it, thirty-three thousand a year to one point seven million or whatever it was. Yeah, there's too like many people who are doing that. <laughs> you know, like, uh, we're too. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. They're all millionaires. They're all millionaires. How did that happen? (laughs) I wish this was localized more with the budgets. Like, I go back to that furniture, the fact that they get $40,000 a year for new furniture. That's just insane. So it's things like that where that's somebody's whole yearly salary in disposable furniture. 
that you throw away apparently every year and get new stuff. Or if you're not using that budget, where does that money go? I want to see where that $40,000 goes if they're not using it for furniture. Are they allowed to put it somewhere else if it's not used? They go on to say, quote, recognizing corruption's ability to corrode democracy on June 3rd, 2021. So <laughs> he recognized it in 2021. President better late, Biden, than, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never. President Biden established the fight against corruption as a core U.S. national security interest. Accordingly, he directed his national security team to lead the creation of comprehensive strategy that, when implemented, would improve the U.S. government's ability to prevent corruption, more effectively combat illicit finance, better hold corrupt actors accountable, and strengthen capacity of activists, investigative journalists, and other front lines of exposing corrupt acts, end quote. Having a police officer work in a hostile situation and then later that day have to de-escalate a domestic dispute is corrupt. That is mm -hmm. what they're doing is they've bunched everything into one job mm -hmm. as opposed to expanding real services to meet real needs. And like teachers too. Here's an unpopular opinion. I'll die on this hill and doctors. Doctors are plumbers that have been given an entire house to take care of. Mm -hmm. And then the doctor says, well, I am really into Tudor architecture. That's really like that. That's the analogy. You do not need all of this training. You do not need all of this power to keep the body running. If you have regular maintenance and you have these technicians that know mm -hmm. different things, that's what we would really, really, really benefit from. It's not mm -hmm. someone who knows everything and mm -hmm. then spends their time defending their authority. And the same thing happens with cops. The same thing happens with teachers. It's just too much. The corrupt people know this too, because they need that constant instability and chaos to continue doing what they're doing. When things well, start working well, people start going, well, wait a second. So let's see what their, yeah, their plan is. Yeah. So they got they got a whole plan. And again, this will be linked in the sources. To guide implementation, the strategy organizes U.S. government efforts to fight corruption under five mutually reinforcing pillars. Okay. So the first pillar is modernizing, coordinating, and resourcing U.S. government efforts to fight corruption. And So many words. I don't know what they're saying, but go for it. So they're saying that this will include better understanding and responding to transnational dimensions of corruption, including by prioritizing intelligence collection and analysis on corrupt actors and their networks, which I do think is important because the infiltration of all that with the elections definitely benefited somebody. Elevating anti-corruption work as a cross-cutting priority in key departments and agencies across federal government, including coordinating bodies at the Department of State, Treasury, Commerce, and U.S. Agency International Development. So there's clearly- They're going to work together. Yeah. Increasing law enforcement resources and bolstering information sharing between the intelligence community and law enforcement. Sure. I just don't like how vague that is. You know what I mean? Like just having more cops isn't going to do anything. Sure, if you have the, the sharing information between, is that holding the law enforcement accountable then to make sure that they're combating corruption? Because that's where a lot of the corruption comes from. Yeah, is Congress in this transnational 
dimension of corruption, I'm not buying it. But, but please, tell yeah, us the please, other pillar. Please. Yeah, yeah. So the, pillar the number next, two. The next <laughs> pillar, curbing illicit finance, which mm -hmm. this would be nice. So yeah. corrupt actors and their facilitators rely on vulnerabilities in the United States and international financial systems to obscure ownership of assets and launder the proceeds of their illicit activities. As the world's largest economy, the United States bears responsibility to address gaps in our own regulatory system and work with our allies and partners to do the same. So this made me think, too, how you said that that guy, Sam Bakeman Freed, mm -hmm. how he made his money transferring from U.S. to, to Japan. Japan. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, the other thing that I can't believe I didn't point out is his name. The bank man. Yeah. Free, freed. Yeah. The bank man freed. Are you yeah. kidding me? That's too, that's too much. Yeah. So ways that they say they're going to do this is by issuing beneficial ownership transparency regulations that help identify bad actors hiding behind opaque corporate structures. I mean. Love to see it. It's like literally everything we're talking about. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. It would prove me wrong. I would love to be wrong on this one. What are so, you? What are you? What are you gonna do if all this ends up happening? Well, we all will live a better life. Like, yeah, true. <laughs> I, I want. I want you to like uh, know, we'll shave all your have, head or something. Oh sure, sure. Like the <laughs> the anti-corruption challenge, the transnational yes. anti-corruption uh, United States of Lead Pod challenge. We both yeah, shave our heads? that's great. I've always wanted to shave my head, so it's me very excuse. cooling. <laughs> I just, my head's not necessarily shaped right for shaving, but whatever. So again, that's huge. This isn't like this is new. This has always been happening mm -hmm. because corporations are identified as people, but don't have the same regulations or responsibilities. Well, the Trump organization, the Trump organization was found guilty on what, yeah, on everything. over a dozen charges. Yeah. Um, that's huge. And no one goes to jail. No one is really held. Uh, no human being is held accountable. No human being is held. Exactly. But they're saying. A, person, um, a legal person is. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 No, but like, I know what you're saying. Like they're paying a fine and then, oh, okay. A million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Rounding error. It's nothing. Yeah. I mean, to them it is. because It's, don't it's a rounding error. Yeah. So the next is enacting first of their kind regulations that target those closest to real estate transactions <laughs> to reveal when real estate is used to hide ill-gotten cash or launder criminal proceeds. And also uh, when they pay that fine, where does that money go? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think it goes to, I, I think, I do not. So like the SCC, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission, they make lots of cash that goes, as far as I can tell, into their budget. All right, so which is also a kind of corruption. Yes, exactly. And next, they say that they're working with Congress and within existing regulations to make it harder for certain gatekeepers to financial systems, including lawyers, accountants, and trust and company service providers, to evade scrutiny, which is important. Next, they say working with partner countries through multilateral fora, diplomatic engagement, law enforcement, cooperation, and capacity building to strengthen their anti-money laundering regimes to bring greater transparency to the international financial system, which, all right, whatever. I'd love problem. to see it. I have faith in the first one, but not necessarily that last one. 
Now, here's the one that's important for us. But let, let, let me just say this. Yes. This is saying they want to identify the bad actors behind opaque corporate structures. Yes. My pushback to that is I would like to see them start with the transparently corrupt corporate structures, not people who are trying to diffuse things. Yeah. Are you going after Joe Schmo, who lives in like a town of a population of 500? Or are you going for Jeff Bezos type? We bought 40% of the available real estate in this area. And then our development team, our development subsidiary is doing 20% of the new homes that are being built in this area, in the same area. They're raising their price. So we will make money off that. Just the, yeah. the notion that they're raising the prices for the homes that they're making increases the value of the homes that we just bought. And that's going to kick the people out. That's all legal. Well, like I just said too, with the with the Kristen Cinema thing, there are things where we don't necessarily think about it until it happens. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that you could change your party halfway through a term. So let's do something about that. So there's so many, like with loopholes too, there's certain loopholes where until it's actually like, oh, didn't realize that that was something that could be done. So let's do something about it. But it's actually doing something about it. And if we were perhaps more of a preventative care society, we wouldn't have to do so much of this, but we're only a reactionary society. We only respond. And if we even do respond, it's only until something bad happens where it's like preventative care works. It's like what you said, maintaining your body and even maintaining your car, get your oil changed every 3000 miles, you know, right. things like that, where you don't, I don't, I don't need explodes. And I don't need a structural, a PhD in structural engineering or in like mechanical yes. engineering to change my oil. I, I just know I, that every 3,000 miles, it's best yep. to change my oil. I know it's best to drink 16 to 32 ounces of water a day because it's best for my body. Okay, they okay. said they're going to identify these actors, right? These corp corrupt actors. But the next pillar is actually holding corrupt actors accountable. That's this it. Is what we'd like to. So it says, well, the U.S. government shores up regulatory gaps and works with partners and allies to do the same. We will also hold accountable those who choose to engage in corruption. And the ways they say they're going to do that is by elevating diplomatic and development efforts to support, defend, and protect civil society and media actors, including investigative journalists who expose corruption. Next is launching a new initiative to engage partner countries on detecting and disrupting foreign bribery. Great. Like, okay. And... <laughs> Bribery is bribery. And well, yeah, if we, we don't want foreign bribery. You know, like yeah, domestic domestic bribery is. <laughs> I mean, that's how this is all getting funded. Hey, oh, I'm fuck with that. Establishing a kleptocracy asset recovery rewards program that will enhance the U.S. government's ability to defend and recover. Still, I don't care about this. All right, well, working. Uh, so a kleptocracy is a government based on theft and. I think <laughs> that's what our country. I mean, I, yeah, I think the U.S. <laughs> government's ability to identify and recover stolen assets. So you're that's, going that's, to redistribute wealth and land to Native Americans? I feel like America wants to up their Omar game. Although, you know, I did see that actually. What's that? There was a certain distribution of land coming. For certain tribes. God, where did I see that? I'd love to see it. 
The other part of this pillar is working with the private sector to improve the international business climate by encouraging the adoption and enforcement of anti-corruption compliance programs by U.S. and international companies. Okay, encouraging doesn't mean anything. So I'm tired of that, like this, like we're going to encourage them to do this. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. We really got to look at corporations with like children and the childlike mentality and corrupt businesses, corrupt people in the same way. Right. So if you have a business and you farming does this all the time, if you can make money off these sub, that's what we're talking about here are subsidies. This is not pizza parties. This is not hall room privileges. This is, these are subsidies. So instead of using child labor or instead of using uh, this corrupt government and we're going to pay you to use this system and you'll get out on top. But that means that becomes the base of that industry. So instead of growing and selling corn at the market on your tractor, you can just burn all your, your corn or slaughter your pigs for a loss. Yeah. Well, which happens. So this is funny too, is for my parenting podcast, we were talking about Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> okay. You know, this idea of using like the fear of not getting a reward and the fear of punishment to teach your kid to be a good person. There's all these psychologists, you know, saying like the negatives of this elf on a shelf and how you can actually use it for positive. Like it doesn't have to be Santa's gonna, or the elf's gonna report back to Santa about how bad you are. How about the elf reports back of all the good things you do? I did not know that's what the elf was doing. Oh, and if you touch the elf, Mm -hmm. it disappears forever. This was based on a book that came out in 2005. I had just learned all this this week. And in the book, the elf reports back to Santa on your behavior. And if you're doing bad things, Santa's going to find out about it. And if you touch that elf, it disappears forever. So you adopt this elf into your family. But if you touch it, it's gone forever. I mean, it's so psychological. That's some panopticon shit. So these psychologists are saying just because it was based on this book doesn't mean you have to follow it. Right. Or we could just not tell our kids about a fake surveillance system, fake magical surveillance system of elves and whatever the hell Santa is. Well, the Santa's still that tradition, though. You know what I mean? So Uh, Santa's already doing that. I think that's so gross. I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm actually anti-Santa. I'm just, I think it's I totally get it. But it's like, it's, there's a balance of ruining ruining that child's illusion when they, you know what I mean? It's like, they have to learn it. Instead of just being like, Santa isn't real when they're, you know, four years old. And then the other part of it is like, you're supposed to move it in the middle of the night because it wakes up at night or something when you're sleeping. And then this moves, is too I much. Guess, I, oh my God. I had no I mean. idea it's, that this it's, is. It's, it's a thing. Well, it does not sit well with me that one of the few cultural, universal cultural ties we have in America is our disillusionment around Santa. At some point, it was revealed to all of us that they're not real. And we do that in different ways. And we didn't all go through the knife ceremony. We didn't all go through the golden crown ceremony or whatever it is yeah. that we could have had that brought us all together. It's just, no, this is a big lie. We're just lying to you. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. It just doesn't sit well with me. And then yeah. this added dimension. <laughs> Oh, look into it, dude. It's intense. Oh, my it's God. And I, so I thought it was like, cause it looks like it's this older, like, 50s style. I've seen um, them. 
Yeah, and but yeah, it, it started in 2005. So I didn't realize it was that recent. So anyways, the point I'm getting to though, yes. what they teach you, and like a lot of these psychologists are saying that a reward system for teaching a kid to be good is not effective because you should just be good and be kind because it feels good to be kind. And that's what you're teaching a kid. So that's what I was getting to with this is with the incentive of rewards being the only reason you're going to do something good in the long run isn't going to solve this issue. I saw the best TikTok on this sort of subject and it was this really funny guy. Someone comes up to him with the camera and their phone and he's like, hey, could I get a dollar from you in a grocery store? He's like, hey, can I get a dollar from you to buy these chips for my son? And the guy's like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the guy's like, hey, what's your name? Like, oh, my name's Jeff. And well, I just really appreciate this. He takes the dollar. He's like, man, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And, and starts walking away. And then Jeff's like, wait, hold on. What's going on here? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I just gave you a dollar to buy this for your son. And you're supposed to give me more money back. You're filming this. This is on TikTok, right? It's, you know, based on like these Oh, these yeah, TikTok where they, videos yeah. where like you, you do something nice for someone and like oh well actually here's a hundred dollars because like yeah. this isn't staged at all but yeah that's what it's yeah we've been conditioned set... to expect a reward for doing something good sounds like organized religion to be honest but whatever yeah but that's what i'm saying so childhood development shows sure that this system isn't good for childhood development therefore it wouldn't be good for corporate development either I said this at the beginning of when we started doing Cult of Corporation, we have to look at responding to this corporate type corruption and cult-like mentality with lessons from childhood development. And we're so, developing because we're developing. And we were talking earlier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Any corporation at its beginning, like think of it as an infancy of a child and how you develop that corporation should also mimic how children develop with like the tools and certain steps you have to take and to be considered like an adult corporation, if you will. So yeah, this whole reward system and encouraging, I mean, if you're only encouraging by rewards, then you're not teaching these corporations and these corrupt people to do things because you just do it because doing the right thing is, it feels good. And it's what's best for everyone, including yourself. So then you're not setting up a system that supports like human existence. You're setting up a system that supports rewards. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it's like, okay, this is a big red flag because it actually does feel good to, to just be a kind person. It does feel good. So it says the United States strategy on countering corruption marks a new chapter in the United States effort to curb corruption's harmful effects. As accountability is vital, federal departments and agencies will report annually to the president on progress made against the strategy's objectives. What are the objectives? Those pillars. Um... I don't under So he's going to want to see a report card. Okay, so like how have we... Expanded anti-corruption focus on U.S. assistance and monitoring the e efficacy of this assistance? Like, okay, like if we're going to be holding bad actors accountable, he mm -hmm. wants to see a report card about how many bad actors are being held accountable. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to do with this is just say these are really broad objectives and... Uh, yeah. Good work, everybody. We did it. We What's did it. We've ended corruption. We did it. <laughs> we clearly with such a such a laser focused agenda, laser focused outward, of course. This sounds great. Like the first paragraph sounds great. But at the same time, we have to identify where these things are coming from within. 
what was it just or when he was saying how you can't heal a wound until you expose it and actually clean it and sure you know, we've we've exposed it but now it's time to clean it <laughs> like that wound is out there and everybody can see it so now it's time to put on the hydrogen peroxide it's gonna sting but we really need to cleanse it before it can heal when these things are coming about instead of just getting angry about it there's a solution to it let's focus on the solutions but anyways, that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> <laughs> this came out in June 2021. So, I mean, to be fair, we did see the Trump organization that is one of that's on this checklist with the real estate corruption. So perhaps it's coming true. Love to see it. I mean, also, they talked about the bad actors behind yeah. these opaque structures. So, you know, regulations I, I, too for me that's a big one because if you left the trump organization to itself and everyone walked away and you just let it sit there mm -hmm. like nothing bad would happen it took human beings to like write checks and yep. direct resources and those people are still there yeah well let's stay positive and <laughs> thanks for tuning in everybody <laughs> thanks everybody thank you for tuning in to united states of lead hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.